Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Welcome back to another episode of the Kid Stays in the Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cooper, and joining me today, as always, is... Smirking Cooper. Oh, that was horrendously bad. Dude, it, I didn't want to say the name of the movie. Yeah, but I Smile Allam and Cooper would have been better. Oh, I feel like you figured, thought you would hate that. I, I smirking Cooper is That was ter- the first horrendous. thing that I thought of. Then why didn't you do that? Because I thought it was bad. Smirking Look, Cooper is terrible. I went through, se- <laughs> I went through several names... And, um, or like I looked up, I looked up like smiling demons, demons that smile. And there was no real name. There was no like, um, the Necronomicon well, of demons that smile. That was so bad. It felt like it got slapped in the face. Well, I, I didn't actually think it was that good. Anyway, my best joining me today as always is Solomon Cooper, which he could just say, um, and we are going to be discussing the, I think late 2022 horror movie smile. Um, mm-hmm. We wanted to watch this movie. We were really excited about it, and somehow it just slipped past our radar. Yeah, we just, we just love letting things slip. Yeah, it's, it slipped through the cracks. Um, pardon me if my voice is a little bit scratchy. I do have a bit of a very mild cold, but I'm, I'm going to try and refrain from clearing my throat too many times. Uh, good luck. I probably won't be refraining. <clears throat> like that. That was horrible. That's not how people clear their throat. Well, since we're reviewing a horror movie, um, I will say that I'm not going to commit that this podcast will be doing a review of Ant-Man. We probably will at some point, but it's not going to be, it's likely not to be that soon. Um, Who knows? We're kind of in a movie drought anyway, so maybe we'll do it next week, maybe the week after that. But um, yeah, we'd rather watch a four or five month old horror movie than watch Ant-Man at this point. Just not a lot of enthusiasm for it. I'm sure we'll find it eventually. Uh, so, Smile, um, I'm sure all of you remember the very creepy ad campaign for it, is the latest in what I think is kind of a newish trend in horror movies. Uh, the horror, what's it? what would you say? Like the, uh, the uh, demon that's also basically a disease. The viral, the virus demon. The pass it on demon. Yeah, um, the that what it, that was that maybe what it's called. I I can't talk. I said that that's what it's called. Yeah, you're like that pig from um, Looney Tunes. Yeah, the one that's all porked up. Yeah, pork pig. That's not it. Um. Anyway, we're getting, we're getting really. <laughs> I'm getting so easily distracted right now. Um, off my meds. Mm. So there. This movie, this I, I don't know when this trend really you'd say it started, but I would say it kind of unofficially started with like The Ring. You know, in The Ring, you watch this horrifying tape and then you have like 24 hours or two days or whatever to make somebody else watch the tape and or else you die horribly. Fun. Um, I've never seen that. you never seen The Ring? 
Mm-mm. We should probably watch it at some point. <laughs> it's a it's a fun movie. I don't know how well it'll hold up. Um, and then you had more recently, more um, you had it follows. Maurice I said more recently. Sorry, I just thought it sounded like you said more recent. I thought it was funny. No, I didn't say Maurice. More, more, <laughs> more recently, we had it follows, which is making it to where the demon or the entity is basically an STD. Stop laughing. You're really throwing me off. Why are you laughing so hilariously? Hilariously because you said Maurice. It's not even a funny name. It is a funny name. I think it's very funny. It's so funny that the fact that you said Maurice is making you laugh hysterically. <laughs> because then he said Maurice again. It sounded like Maurice. <laughs> this is so, this is the most unprofessional podcast. Keep talking. Keep talking. I can't talk while you're over there cackling. <laughs> you can talk all you want. It follows was also in this kind of genre of movies where they pass it on the curse, but they but they really do make it follows is very overtly making a metaphor for STDs because you literally pass it on by having Seth. sex with with someone. Um, also didn't see that, or maybe I did, but I didn't remember it. Well, this movie I think has a lot more in common with <laughs> it follows because in in the ring, essentially this creepy demon girl would crawl out of your television set. And murder you. That's creepy. Whereas in It Follows, it could take the face, the shape, the form of anyone. And it would just walk deliberately towards you in a straight line. It could be anyone. It could be your neighbor. It could be your dad. And they'll just start walking towards you. So if you're like at school and you all of a sudden see somebody looking at you from across the campus. And then they're just barreling over towards you. Do they walk fast? They walk like... Like kind of like Mike Myers speed. Oh, that's horrible. So not really fat. They're not running. How far can can you outrun it? They're that's the thing. That, like the girl at the very beginning of the movie, she's just driving in her car mm-hmm. and she gets to the beach. So she's gone as far as you can go. Yeah. And she, she makes a little campfire. And then the next day they find her and she's all garbled up. Because it's the thing. The thing's relentless. It just keeps walking. You get to sleep at some point. It's still walking towards you even if you drove away. Um. But yes, fly across country. I think um, it's still going to get you. What if it, something it still, is relentless? Yes, it's going to walk through the ocean. Wait, get, get on an airplane too. I don't know, but it has to walk in a straight line. No, what it doesn't you, have to walk in a straight line. What if you just went. What if you if, if it's going horizontally? What if you just go vertically? Then it can't get you. That's stupid. Doesn't make any sense. Hmm. I mean, it can't get you if you walk vertically. Because it's you said it's walking in a straight line. I'm saying I meant like it's just making a beeline towards you. I didn't mean it only can walk <laughs> in a straight line. And if you put a brick wall in front of it, it just bangs its head up against it over and over again. Well, I thought it was like one of those like Minecraft videos that people make. Oh, God, I don't know why I bother with this. Anyway, Smile is much closer to It Follows, I think, because this entity can take the form of anybody. Yeah. Um. Even though the movie was pretty blurry on its lore details, which we'll get into in a second, because when you spent like seven minutes now rambling around the movie and talking about other things and me screaming at you, well, we're trying to get a setup going. Yes, but we need you to give us a plot synopsis. This movie is new enough that I think a plot synopsis is in order. Dang. Okay. We need to have a jingle for this. Plot synopsis. Yeah, I like that. Cool. You like that? It'll be better than that, but yes. Okay. Um, 
I think I have this. I've read so many synopses now that I think I know exactly how I'm going to say this. Um, after seeing one of her patients die, Rose Cotter starts seeing a terrible, terrible entity that is following her, and we don't know what it is. Okay. Sounds like you ripped that right off the IMDb page, but nope, not too bad. I ripped the first line off the IMDb page. Yes, so um, at the beginning of the movie, our protagonist, Rose, one of her patients is talking about this hideous, smiling creature. Stop playing with your microphone. I can hear I'm, it. I'm trying to make sure that's up. You moving it around. I can hear it in my headset. Oh, I can't hear it in my headset. Well, I can, so stop touching it. Okay. You're still touching it. Well, I'm holding it. Can you hear it now? Just let go of it. Why don't you just let go of it? It's a microphone. I want to stand. No one needs to hold on to it. I, See? Like, I liked holding it like I was doing karaoke. No. Um, no. So, yeah, her patient is telling her that there's this malevolent force, and she's going on and on about she's not crazy, and this malevolent force is always smiling and can take the face of anybody, and then she very clearly gets taken over by the force, and then she's all smiling, and then she horribly slits her own throat. Yeah. Yeah, from cheek up to cheek down to her throat. Yeah, it's pretty pretty with a, gnarly. With a, with a pot shard. Yes. So, yeah, after this, Rose starts to see things. She starts to see smiling people. Mm -hmm. um, but, so getting into, like, some of the lore things, um, that's, the, that's one of the weakest elements of the movie is it's a bit sloppy with its lore. You know what I mean? I thought, like, in It Follows, they don't really explain it, which is fine. In this movie, they do kind of try and explain it. Which makes it worse because... Because it, it needs to have even more internal logic. Mm -hmm. So, they keep saying it can wear anybody's face, it can do whatever. But that doesn't really, when you think about the movie, did that ever really happen? Other than whenever people were about to die? Because, and then even then it wasn't really, I guess it was wearing their face, you could say. But really, people are just, she's just having hallucinations. Well, I would say that every single thing that happened to her was a hallucination. The way that she described it was like the first patient. She said that no one else can see it. It's just people. So I don't think it's wearing other people's faces. I think because she said no one else can see it in the beginning. She did say that also. That's what I'm saying. It's muddy. But she was, she was kind of going back and forth about like what it could be. Yeah, but. What do you mean? I mean, she said it will wear other people's faces. Yeah. She said it could be anyone. Yeah. But. It can be anyone. But. But it's just she, a hallucination. only she can see it. That's the whole but point. It, but it's just a hallucination then. Yes, it is. It's just a hallucination. Yeah. So. But I don't feel like that changes any of the internal logic. I, I thought it was kind of weird. I don't feel like that affects anything. Well, because at one point that guy is like smiling at her or whatever. Which one? The. Uh, Carl. Her other patient. Carl. Yeah, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, but then it definitely is implied that she just hallucinated him doing that. Yes. So, yeah, you're, you have a weird horror movie that's built around um, really well done, creepy jump scares. Mm -hmm. But A bit too well done. I feel like the movie, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong here. I feel like the movie almost doesn't work once you realize that everything is a hallucination. Because then nothing can hurt her. It's just driving her insane. It seemed like it could hurt you. How? Definitely, definitely seemed like it could. 
Do you not remember seeing what happened to that girl? She was she fell over and then her legs started getting lifted up. Yeah, that's after like that's at the end of your four days or whatever it takes for it to kill you. Because like like all of these movies, you do have a time frame to do the you know pass it on. Mm-hmm. In the case of this, um, we kind of buried the lead here as far as this being a demon as contagion movie. Um, so you have two choices: you can wait until the demon takes over your body, um, and then it will force you to horribly, violently kill yourself in front of somebody in order to traumatize them, and then it will use that trauma to haunt them. Yeah. And then they get four days. Um, And then later in the movie, we find out that you do have a second option. You can violently and graphically murder someone in front of somebody else, and then that will cause the curse to hop to the other person instead of to you. Right? Yep. Um. So, yeah, you have a timeline, but I just meant like, so during that four days or seven, or or seven days or however, however long we know now that everything that she's seeing can't hurt her. And I don't know if you noticed this, but like by that was one of the reasons, um, as it started getting more and more, um, demonic and more and more into how it's all in her head, the movie started being less and less scary. Um, a horror movie to me should be ebbs and flows, but by the time you get to the end, you should be terrified, really clutching your, you know what I mean? Pearls. Sure. And in this movie, it was, it, it just kind of like, as far as the fear went, petered off. I, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't think the story petered out. I just wasn't scared anymore by the end. I disagree. I think sure. by maybe the final, 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 final scene, I wasn't, terrified but i think i was pretty damn scared throughout the whole thing mm, okay subjective so i can't say you weren't scared yeah but yeah by the time that like she was seeing that the therapist and it was talking in the demon voice i wasn't scared anymore i'm like this is just a hallucination it can't do anything to her and then it's talking at the demony voice so that wasn't that scary and then by the time she's getting chased around by a huge monster yeah but it seems like it knows when something's going to see it. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like it knows how... Because at the, whenever she... Obviously, it knows when someone's going to see it. It's the one causing... It's causing the hallucinations. I mean, that's not what I meant. I meant when someone else is going to see them die. You know what I mean? Like, because at, at the final thing, at the end of the movie, it's supposed to... It can only, like, kill you, right? If it There's knows a it's going to traumatize someone. So at the very end, the guy's not into the house yet, but so it, he could have just left, you know, but she had already like gotten like possessed. What but, does this have to do with what we were talking about? though? Because that means that she can, that could, that means that a person, the demon could know that a person's going to walk into the room and you're not. So I feel like she could die at any moment if someone just, if like her husband walked into the house. Yeah, but you have to, someone was of there. course, but that's the, again, that's the end of the five or seven days or whatever. So leading up to that, nothing's going to happen to her. Yeah, but we didn't know that at first. But so we were scared from the beginning. Did you not hear what I said? The, the, I, I phrased this whole thing. I said, watching the movie again, now that you know it's all a hallucination, I feel like it kind of ruins the movie because you know nothing can happen to her. Oh. I don't remember you saying watching it again, but yeah, sure. 
I mean, I still think it's the, the jump stairs are so scary. All right. Well, we're at time. So let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors and we'll be right back. And, and now, now a word, word from, from our sponsors. sponsors. Welcome back to the Kids Says in the Podcast and our discussion of Smile. So um, we can move past whether or not the, move, the movie breaks down once you realize that everything is a, is a hallucination um, that can't harm you physically. It can't even make you do anything. You know what I mean? Mm-mm. But it is very effective. Yeah. It's incredibly effective at the beginning. And so I'm not saying that we won't have any more cons to discuss, but I want to talk really about the pros because I really, really did like this movie. Yeah, this movie was crazy. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, it's directed by uh, Parker Finn. Yeah, okay, Parker Finn. He's a first time director. He's directed a couple shorts. One of them was adapted to this movie. Yeah, I believe it was called Laura Can't Sleep. Okay. And um yeah, that's just a that's a great classic Hollywood story, you know. Mm-hmm. You take your short film on the road and it gets picked up and you get to, you know, make it into a feature film. Yeah. And one it does really well. I think this movie has very solid reviews um in the high to mid 70s or 80s and it performed very well at the box office. So good for him. I'm sure we'll see a lot more from him. I don't want to see a bunch of smile sequels because I think that it, the, even this movie was running out of juice by the end. Um, but what I was most surprised about when we started this movie is how stylistic it is. It genuinely does. This director has a very, I'm not going to say it's wholly original style, but he has style. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was expecting kind of flat, generic looking yeah, so was I. Horror honestly. movie. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't usually expect, like, a huge bunch of style. Yeah. Well, what were some stylistic choices that you noticed? Um, there's a lot of, uh, I'm going to, I think I'm going to go straight for the score, personally, because he, he did a lot, but the score was so, like, weird that I don't feel like I've ever heard anything like it. Like, the sound that they were making was so, like, uncanny and, like, gross that it felt just like if you were to hear that just alone in a room, you'd feel like you're going insane. Yeah, it, the score was definitely standout. It it was it was like it was some kind of like unholy blend of ran, like Random. crazy sounds. I, I don't even know if you could really call it music. Uh, yeah, I know. It sounds like it sounds like it's almost like a rhythmic pattern of reversed screams or something like just so much odd stuff going on with it that you have no idea how it could have possibly like spliced up yeah it it, it sounds like almost like a like a a blasphemy of music you know what i mean Mm, mm. like like anti-music yeah that's that's a cool way to describe it it was it was really very unsettling it did a huge amount of work scrambling your brain and it wasn't like I don't remember they're even ever using it to like do jump scary things. Maybe they did, and I don't remember. But it seemed, yeah, mostly there to just like set the mood, yeah, of hell. Um, I think that the the cinematography was also, even though it did kind of remind me of uh, of like Candyman. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a lot of very odd shots. Uh, I keep saying like odd. That's not really true. They 
they did these very specific types of shots where that I know they did in Candyland, Candyman a lot, but where they kind of invert or like flip the scene upside down. Yeah. So then people were driving on the top side of this on the top of the screen upside down. Mm-hmm. Um, they flip cities upside down so they look like they were stretching down into you know hell or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I remember you were talking about this. It was like she was the main character, Laura, or not not Laura Rose was talking to like her ex husband, and like he was like centered like his face was centered into the into the right frame. right so it was like weird because it's supposed to follow the rules of thirds <laughs> yeah like the yeah so the framing was he would the director very much used framing to unsettle you you know what i mean mm-hmm. they'd have somebody uh they'd have somebody's talking to uh, another character and they would have them framed at the very tippy top like barely taking up any screen space so it's like a huge amount of negative space mm-hmm. it like just things that are unsettling to the eye, you and know? even if, you, if even if you can't like notice that just off of you, could, but you're it's going to be consciously exactly you recognize it's, it's, this is odd. Something's going to be happening inside of you, yeah. And it increases as the char- the main character's kind of grasp on reality changes. Mm-hmm. Um, now they tried to tie this directly into trauma, and I don't. I mean, obviously, the demon feeds on trauma because it has to traumatize another person to go into them. You know what I mean? Yes. Or to haunt them. I really think it should have left it there. I don't think there was a need. I think this is something that was probably left over from the short story that he wanted to keep in. Okay. But they kind of imply that everybody already had a trauma, so they were more susceptible to it, which, again, kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah, it kind of weakens the lore more. You know what I mean? I think I see what you mean. Because they don't really explore it. Like we found out we find out that Rose watched her mom die of an overdose. You know what I mean? And then basically didn't call for help when yeah. she was a little she's very young. And she was scared. And her mother was like abusive. And her mother was abusive. So she has all this trauma from that. And then like one of the professors, like what was it brother, best friend? Son. I think nope. that, was it? Nope. Definitely wasn't that one. Okay. It was like one of the ones I said um, that was right. It was like because he died when he was like five or something. Okay, maybe his son died when he was. Five. I thought it said his son died when he was five. But either way, yes, there was a family tra- tragedy for one of the other people who had committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't really explore that at all, and you don't get specifically the idea that this entity is targeting a specific person that it wants. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just a random person. So it's just double. It just feels dumb. It doesn't make any. It doesn't really make any sense. So it, the demon targets somebody who already has trauma, but it can't feed on them until it re-traumatizes them again with a new trauma. See, see, see what I mean? Yeah. It's not clean enough. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. It just muddies the waters. They didn't need that in there. Um, but and honestly, the only other complaint I would have, and I said we weren't going to go negative, and you can tell me if you think I'm wrong about this, is this movie falls really hard into the trope. Um, and it fall, and it goes there really quickly of the person who is experiencing the supernatural thing immediately starts looking and acting like an insane person. Yeah. Instead of, because when, when this story is done well, it should be frustrating to the audience that no one's believing them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause they should still hopefully be able to talk and reason coherently. And they can be like, look, I have all these police files. Look how every single one of these deaths is related. You know, I know it might sound crazy. I get it, but instead, they all, they 
all fully go into I'm a, I'm a lunatic. Stop saying I'm crazy. And they're all sweaty and look like they haven't showered in three years. Yeah. Um, I, I did. I did notice that. I did notice that issue. And um, <laughs> like it was it, I sorry. I, my, my my brain has gotten is getting really tired. I'm, I'm tired. OK. Yeah. You've had so much work to do. You know, you know, my life is busy. A busy little man is a 16 year old. So much stuff to do. You go to the fun house and you play with your friends all day and you come home and you play with your friends all day. Oh my God. Um, I, I'm, you, you continue talking. No. Cause like I completely forgot what I was going to say. You're talking about, um, her, how she autumn, uh, like she's just went from being a very, yeah, but, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't completely remember what I thought now, uh, the whole time, like from like the first, like the first time, like the first two days of it happening, she she seems very smart because she's like a doctor she's like a psychiatrist or whatever therapist and um like an emergency therapist and you can tell that she seems very smart and like her therapist is like yeah from the way i'm sitting it seems like you don't need anything because you're very obviously using coherent speech and whatever so it what felt very odd like the shift from her being completely smart and normal and then her whenever she's about to talk to people sounding stupid and crazy well i actually thought that they already had made her look crazy um before that i thought that scene with the therapist's ring really false to me the therapist like i don't see anything wrong with you you seem totally fine and i'm like uh no she doesn't she seems like a crazy person well, she looks like a crazy person and she's like asking for these drugs but she's asking for drugs she looks like she hasn't showered her face is like all like well, very pale pale and like, and like oily it, uh, yeah eyes are sunken and her mannerisms so it's a combination of just i just don't think that the director modulated her performance well enough i disagree i feel like the i feel like it, you could tell from her body language but i think she wanted to sound smart enough to be able to but a therapist this, this is an old lady therapist this lady's been seeing a million people so you'd be able to look at your body language and the fact that you look like you've been showered in three years and your eyes are so sunken deep into your skull like your raccoons i'm just saying i think the director could have modulated that performance a little bit better throughout the film so we see her slowly going crazy because also i obviously once she starts hallucinating things that would put you off and make you start feeling crazy mm -hmm. but this is a woman who works in the emergency psychiatric ward this lady has seen people cut themselves before you know what i mean yeah. So obviously something a little bit more unsettling about this, but the fact that she just goes completely nuts almost, um, yeah, it's it's a little bit too much, and it happens. It just happens too fast. Okay. Especially when she goes to the like she goes to her sister's birthday party and she's just sitting there screaming, holding a dead cat, screaming, "It wasn't me!" over and over again. It was just she looked like a loon, Looney Tunes. Yeah, she did. There's some Looney Tunes things going on. She had that cat in a box. She I ordered it. a sweet train. Yeah, and then she killed her own cat and put it in a box. Which is weird. I don't even understand how that possibly could have happened. Yeah, exactly. That's the other thing. We don't ever get the sense that the demon is anything other than a hallucination. Yeah, so how could it hit have killed the cat? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And the movie has a bunch of... saw her kill the cat. The movie has a bunch of internal, like, logical flaws. They, they should have... Their lore wasn't fully fleshed out. Sure. Because we also don't get the impression that the demon can just take you over. Especially when we see at the end when it does take her over, what is happening. Oh, it's creepy AF. Yeah, so, um, as fudge, I hope that's what you mean. Of course. Okay. 
Uh, but yeah, so we don't get the impression this demon can just take you over for like little bits of time and make you do stuff. Oh no, it's like a it's so, like a thing. Yeah, so whenever the cat gets killed, again, we don't really understand how that works. Um, like, what did the demon just go kill a cat and then put it in a box and then wrap it up? Yeah, yeah, that, does the demon do gift wrapping? <laughs> that is a bit weird. How the that how could that possibly happen? Exactly. Anyway, all these th- negatives aside, this is an incredibly stylistic movie. It's a I would say for for a first horror feature, a movie that any director should be proud of, you're not really thinking about these logical fallacies when you're watching the movie because if you're like us, you're very scared. Yeah. Then I yeah, I think I think the positives that they I think they outweigh the negatives, but if we just figured we would let you know what what you're going into. But I'd say overall the movie's very good. Yeah, I, um, there's some there's some hokey pokey dialogue at some different places. I thought there was one. Yeah, there's one specific spot that I thought was uh, most of the scenes clear. with her and Usher had some hokey yeah. thinking of the the one where they're like in the car and he's she's like confessing what she's going through and then he like gets out of the car being like, "Whoa, this sounds crazy. I'm going inside. How do you expect me to deal with this?" Talking about ghosts. No one can see what you're doing. Walks away. I mimed walking. That was the worst impersonation of Usher I've ever heard in my entire life. His voice is very high-pitched. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of scenes like that. A lot of them were like scenes where she's explaining stuff to people for just over and over again. Yeah. About the ghost and how, and then there were... It's not a ghost. Yes, an evil entity, a curse. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I mean, I would say that if I was going to rate this movie, I'd give it somewhere between like a seven and a half out of, or eight. Yeah, probably closer to a seven and a half. I'd, I'd probably go for the same thing. But really, but really strong, a really strong one. Yeah, really hardcore. Yeah, seven and a half or an eight. I don't. Uh, I mean, I know that, like I said, it did get great. I know a lot of people wouldn't liked it and really enjoyed it. Um, but I did see some backlash on social media from some of the folks that I know who like horror movies who thought it was really stupid or not scary at all um i disagree strongly with them i yeah. don't think that it was uh i thought it was very very scary um and i also kind of question it's kind of like um it's kind of like when snobby horror uh aficionados or um just maybe film aficionados in general uh, say something like Oh, I think Rosemary's Baby is the scariest movie I've, of all time. I don't know what that is. Or, okay, so imagine The Shining with even less scary things happening. Oof. Well, how do you even do that? You That's have, not even a horror you movie. You have nothing. That, yeah, okay. So I thought. Um, That's just a movie. Or The Shining, you know what I mean? Uh, the Shining, at least, like, I can understand why people, when it came out, saw it. But when I, you know what I mean, or if someone stopped to see when they're a kid. Now, I, this is not me saying that old movies can't be scary. Yeah. I mean, The Exorcist terrified me for years and years and years. Well, you said terrified, past tense. Well, I haven't seen it in a long time. I, I told myself I swore to God that I would never watch it again <laughs> if he would let me stop having these horrible nightmares. Oh, that's horrible. Um, But, yeah, I think that some people maybe, because this movie at the end of the day is kind of campy. Yeah. It gets full camp by the end mm-hmm. i would say yeah i mean she's getting chased around by a giant gangly half-naked lady demon yeah very barbarian-esque yeah um anyway that's our time hope you enjoyed our discussion of smile and yeah you can check it out on demand 
right right from the comfort of your living yes, room. Yes, you can. So, until so, until so. next time, yep. we're going to peter this out right. just like the movie petered out. All right. Goodbye. Follow us on Instagram at the kid in the pick and on roguemedianetwork.com. Till next time. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.